I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The Liberals and Conservatives want to play a political game and score points. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story. Oops, let me just lift that mic up. Good to have a mic in my face. All righty, Alex Pearson here with you and bringing in Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor over at Blacklock Supporter. Good morning to you, Tom. Morning, Alex. What do you think Greg Ferguson's getting up to in those robes, eh? You think he's doing a little freewheeling? Hey, honey. Yeah, he was. Like my robes? He got got busted. He got busted (laughs) for shenanigans. It's funny, I was thinking... People who are really good at their job, it just runs smoothly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Supply teacher, pie maker, locomotive engineer, everything just runs smoothly. And people who aren't good at their job, you'll notice everyone knows this person. It's always a cruel web of circumstance, or it was it's unbelievably complicated lives they lead, or I was led astray by bad friends. And, and I think Greg Ferguson's record starts to speak for itself. Listening to his explanation for what he did, what he did, breach of uh, uh, no partisanship rules for speaker, if you're going to take the chauffeur, the free housing, and the $300,000 a year, then you have to pretend to be impartial. And he wasn't. He and that was, was the video. concern, right? That, like, yeah, that was no, the concern exactly. of him going in because no, he was the parliamentary secretary to the prime minister. And everyone was like, okay, can he be impartial? Well, all speakers are, are, of course, partisan, but you have to kind of fake it a little bit. And that's why you get the, the outfit. That's, <laughs> that's the whole deal. And, 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 it's, and instead he did this, hey, buddies, how's it going, a video for some uh, old acquaintances from the Carleton County Liberal Association, and it all went horribly wrong. My takeaway, by the way, Alex, is uh, this means there's yet more evidence there's going to be an election next year. Why do I say that? Opposition runs the town now. Parliament talks about what opposition wants to talk about. Cabinet is almost completely ineffectual. The oh, prime minister could not spend too much time away from Parliament Hill. If you ever, he wanted, couldn't even go out to the lawn where fifteen thousand no. oh, no. Jews were yesterday. Like he was on the phone no, no, with Gavin absolutely. Newsom. He's like, good, big, big. I'm like, so what are you talking to Gavin Newsom for? Like, who cares? No, absolutely. The opposition is running. They are setting the agenda. Nothing is happening. And that starts to build up its own tension, which is why I think you're going to have an election in 24. Well, because at some point the country has to matter, right? Like it can't run itself and we've got some really, really serious issues going on. They do. And and the opposition doesn't have the votes to get their agenda through. But their voters, and this is crucial, their voters didn't elect them to go along and play along. We've had by-elections where people, Portage, Lisgar, in my home province, Manitoba, they just elected a conservative MP. They know they're not electing a cabinet minister. You're sending your guy down to Ottawa to raise hell, and that's what they're doing. And you can only build that up so far with cabinet spinning its wheels, the prime minister increasingly uninterested and distracted, the uh, opposition saying, today we're going to start dragging the chain with Greg Fergus. You can only do that so many weeks in a row before the wheels are off the bus. Yeah, well, stay tuned on that one. Meantime, uh, independent MP Han Dong, uh, very curious if he'll run in the next election. Um, anyway, he's uh, the fa- he calls himself the face of Chinese interference. So he, he thinks he's been treated so poorly. He's become like the uh, 
um, victim in this whole thing, but uh, he's been given standing at this inquiry, right? And so he, he's been given a fairly, like, wh- what does this give him? Well, it means he can send a lawyer who right. can cross-examine other witnesses. That's the big advantage. But this is crucial. And this is a very, forgive my candor, a very slender read on which cabinet is hanging its entire case. It's the judge who says that Mr. Dong identifies himself as the star witness of this inquiry. And you know what? She's right. And so is, so is Han Dong. But this is a guy who, according to evidence submitted by his friends, was in communication with Chinese diplomats, quote-unquote, since 2019 and through the last election campaign. Half of those, at least half of those contacts, were never reported to anyone. What were they talking about? Well, we know that there were whistleblowers at the Canadian Security Intelligence Service sufficiently alarmed that they let some of their media friends know. Alex, I think the judge nailed it. Handong is the star witness. But you better have your facts straight if your cabinet that said we didn't know anything about this. Because we know already, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about mm-hmm. this, MP, House Affairs Committee MPs shut down an inquiry to get Dong in here and start asking him questions about, tell me about all your phone calls with the Chinese ambassador. What's up with that? Awkward silence. This is going to get rough very quickly. That comes in January. Yeah, well, we do need stuff to talk about in January, and there will be lots of it. But this is a new thing with um, with the Chinese government. It's like they're, they're slapping around the lawsuits, right, when they don't want something talked about. It's like, you know, that's what they'll do. Yeah, well, the hell with them, because we're having a judicial inquiry. And you know what? Threats of lawsuits are only going to take you so far. Yeah. Everyone's fed up with this. Something happened. And every time people kick over another rock, the story gets more complicated. So the the, the official version of MPs, you know, innocence abroad, and all we did was get together and talk about the most innocent, and this is racism, and this is, this is stigmatization, that's a bunch, no matter how thin you shave it, Alex, that's a bunch of baloney. The inquiry is going to get to it. We're having an inquiry that cabinet desperately wanted to avoid. There has to be a reason. Yeah, well, and it'll... If there's going to be an election, it'll be going on during uh, that time. Meanwhile, nice of them to finally acknowledge this now, that they took a risk in, you know, pouring 150 million bucks into a vaccine factory. And now Minister, you know, Jean-Yves Duclos is saying, oops, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a risk. I just wish they would say this at the beginning of the announcement when they throw all this money around. We're taking a chance here. But they they were all in on this, right? This was a great thing. Absolutely. This was the Department of Public Works. Subsidize a Japanese subsidiary to build a vaccine factory in the Minister of Public Works riding in Quebec City. How many were you working there? Be like the factory was never completed. There were no vaccines delivered. It cost $150 million. The Department of Public Works managers, you're right, Alex, yesterday testifying. For the first time, they acknowledged there was a risk, but a risk without consequences to them. Taxpayers paid the price. John Q. Sucker always gets the bill. No consequences for the people who made that decision. If you really want to see risk-taking with consequences, which is what everyone in the private sector faces, start firing people. But that The sun will turn blue before that ever happens in this town. Well, there's not going to be an inquiry, again. Um, we're the only country not having one. I mean, at some point, we've like, can you guys make a graph of all the money? <laughs> can you just follow the dollar through a graph? Because there's so much that has been thrown out. I think once oh. we add it up... I think people's heads would melt. 
Oh, it's billions and billions, billions. and billions of dollars. And and to this, you know, today cabinet will tell you at the drop of a hat, oh, you know, all our enemies, all they want to do is cut programs. No, no, the, the money's gone. Yeah. yeah. So when there's no money for the kindergarten or the or the children's hospital tomorrow, that's because they spent 150 million on a phantom vaccine factory in a cabinet minister's riding. Yeah. It's all gone. Yeah, they got votes. All right, Tom, I had a lot more, but we will talk again Thursday. Thanks, Alex. All righty, that is Mr. Tom Korski joining us with the latest, and of course, great Christmas gift. You want to get someone a good Christmas gift? Put that in the stocking, Blacklock's Reporter. They do deliver, right? On the other side of this, Olivia Chow seems to have picked a fight with Uber. She's only been on the job for four months, but this is a fight she should have seen coming because she and council were warned about it coming. So we'll talk about that in the next hour here on The Alex Pearson Show.